Hi everyone and welcome back to the Gentleman's Talk. Here we are, Reflection Sunday. As always, my favourite time of the of the week, of the year, of the week. Absolutely is my favourite time of the week. And um, I've got loads to talk about. Um, you know, uh, I've been a bit quiet. As you know, you probably heard from my last podcast. I'm in a fucking shit place, is what I was saying. And um, I've I've reflected quite... Let me just crank that down. Is that too- um, I've I've reflected heavily. I've reflected heavily. I've I've done some things that I shouldn't do in terms of uh, the way I'm managing my mental health. Um, stuff that I'm bloody bleating on about all the time to you about what you should be doing. But do you know what? It's given me this real focus on the management of mental health and. It's given me loads of pointers. As, as, as I said, you know, my last podcast, probably quite controversial to listen to, to from most people. Very, very deep. Um, I was in a horrendous place. I still am, but I'm constantly fighting. And it was, it's difficult. I, basically, the, the crux of it is, the bill end of it is, what I did is I went to the doctor. So I, I saw the doctor um, five days after I'd made that podcast. And for the last two weeks, I've been writing my journal quite, um, vividly, you know, really sort of giving my key thoughts of exactly how I'm feeling to try and manage my mental health. And I did all this as a reason because I kind of knew, I mean, this time of year is fucking horrible for me because of the, the accidents and the driving in these conditions. I can't help that. It's, I, I keep thinking, I, I had this discussion actually with my wife and she said, you, you know, you do struggle this time of year, James. And I'm just like, yeah, I know, but I thought it was because I just didn't have grip of my mental health. And I've done this for 11 months now, almost a year. And here I am still feeling like I've had a good year. But why the fuck have I still ended up in this key position where I'm feeling shit and I'm, you know, oh, it's a bit loud. Uh, where I'm feeling shit, where I'm, I'm battling and I'm, and I'm just like, Christ, I don't want to keep going through this every year. It will seem like the same record. It will seem like the same rhetoric, obviously with different, hopefully, memories throughout the year. So what I did was, basically, I saw the doctor on Friday and um I showed him my diaries and um, I did get a bit upset when I was in there because I was talking about a few things. I've been through a lot with my doctor. He's been there right from the very start of this. He's the very reason, um, you know, I wanted to move to a new doctor because of, you know, I spoke to you about how um, the nurse who, who who was the the first person who hit into me on the blind corner of a, uh, you know, the uh, on the crest of a fucking hill. Um you know, she was the she was there. She was the nurse practitioner. She was the manager. So I, I didn't really want to see her every day. And like I said, I, I cast my mind back many, many, many years now. And I still remember that exact day that I, you know, I'd been going through this. I'd been having my, you know, flashbacks. I'd been having horrible times, and. You know, I was a miserable fucking prick over Christmas. I, you know, I, I could barely fucking walk. I'd had this horrendous crash. I went into the doctors just to get some painkillers. Um, you know, I, it was a horrible time. And it was just after Christmas, actually. So I was just trying to get my... No, it was just before Christmas. It was that little break in between Christmas and New Year. And uh, I went to get some more painkillers because I'd been in fucking clip for, for weeks. And I walked in and this woman was there and she looked at me and, uh, but she, I'd already caught that 
you know, if you probably cash your mind back to many, many, many podcasts ago, I absolutely was stood there for about five minutes and um, in utter shock because I knew her face because I remembered her face and, uh, you know, and I remembered her name. Uh, so you know, so I, when, when the woman said to me and confirmed that was her when she said, oh, I'll go and get the nurse practitioner. And um, yeah, it, it was it, it took me back because she was there and I'd been listening to her talk about how she'd had, you know, really good Christmas and not even like it was is as if the accident never happened. And for me, it was it was life changing for her. She smiled. She was saying, yeah, I had a good Christmas. We relaxed loads. There was no like, oh, God, you know, you would have expected. It was obviously her first because I was there at the first the first appointment. Um, and, I, and I was getting my meds and, and you expected a little bit of, I suppose, maybe it'd crop up in a conversation. Maybe it didn't. I don't know. But it affected me massively. So that's when I left the practice and, and moved to a different practice. And yeah, moved aside and, and met my doctor. And that was when the journey came. I had to write him a letter for why I wanted to leave my surgery. So I wrote down in the letter exactly what had happened to me, what I'd seen. And I couldn't face that. I couldn't keep constantly going to the woman that nearly took my life from me. And, um, you know, so I, I moved to Dr. K and he took me under his wing. And I do say wing because he has been fantastic. He's been there through all of my ups, all of my downs. And as I, as, as you know, you know, I've, I've been out there and I've spoken quite openly about, um, you know, what's massively affected me at the moment. And it's a difficult time, but I needed to talk to somebody independent and, because I was blaming everybody else, but not myself. And I wasn't doing what I say we should be doing. Go to the doctor, seek medical advice. Go and get that medical professional opinion. And I walked in to see my doctor and um, saw Dr. K. And he sort of said, you know, it, we were jovial. He, did, he doesn't know what I'm coming in for. And um, when I told him, his face was just utter shock. Because he was like, and he said to me, fuck James, you know. Uh he could see the pain and then we went through the journals and he was like, mate, I think you've, uh, you know, you've had like a bit of a mini breakdown. You know, you've, you've kind of like, you know, you, 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 you're sort of treading water really, you know, you see, you're sinking a little bit. You've got that boots are getting heavier, you know, so we need to get you back out the water. And, um, he did, you know, he, he's just, just by talking to him, I think massively helped. It was an independent person. It was also that, I suppose, um, what's the word I'm looking validation I suppose it's the validation that somebody who's been along my journey and you know so I sort of wanted that kind of verification that validation that it was okay to feel sad and you know he was like Christ you've been through some fucking stuff and he knows about my podcast he knows about me doing all these things so I've been really open with him really honest so just by talking to him, it, it, that gave me the validation I needed. And um, what it did do is it, it geared in over this weekend um, a lot of reflecting. Because I've done everything that I said I shouldn't do. I, I've, I've shut myself away. I've ignored people. I've stopped having fun with things. I've really, really sheltered myself down. I've, I've, I've blamed other people or started to. So I was doing all these negative things that I constantly churn on about. We shouldn't do this. Don't blame other people. Look inwardly. And I was I was fighting against the natural instinct for me to do that. And, that, and then it sort of geared in a bit of a thought process for me. Excuse me, I'll take a little sip. I've got tea tonight, actually. In my beautiful um, Gentleman's Talk cup. And um, thank you to Bilster. So, yeah, I sort of kind of... 
you know, sort of, anyway, I've given feedback to my uh, doctors and I was just sort of kind of reflecting quite heavily. And I was, the, this weekend has, has really, really given me a thought process because like I said, I've done everything I shouldn't have done. I've shut myself away from people. I've blamed other people, which is what I do. or not even blame people, but I snipe at people and I don't need to. And it was kind of like, I can't keep going through this. You, fuck me, James. What are you doing? You know, you, you've done everything you said you shouldn't do. However, the saving grace is uh, I carried on with the reflection walks. That was the, I think that is like the foundation, the easiest thing for me to naturally manage. And I stopped eating healthy. I started drinking fizzy drink. I started, um, you know, eating fairly heavy foods, you know, just not really looking after myself, which I know will then kick in that sluggish feeling. So I already know I'm doing this, but I started doing it. I shut myself away from everybody. I stopped talking to my fucking mate, my, my mates as much as I should do in the old vibrators and the positive vibes thing. And, um, yeah, I started doing everything I shouldn't do. And, it was because I was, I suppose I was battling some fucking pretty heavy demons, and, and, I, and I don't know why I tended to blame people, but I think that's the easiest thing to do. But what I've done is, I've, I've reflected really heavily over this weekend, and I mean hugely looked in, over the last 10 months, seen about where I've progressed, what I've, where I've come from, where I've got to, and my future, and I've kind of really reset myself. And I saw the doctor and got that validation. And yes, I'm not going to deny he's put me back up to the maximum dosage of my antidepressant to help me through this this tough period. Um, And we have spoken about how we're going to move forward to make sure this doesn't happen because I didn't feel as bad last year. But I know last year, last year I had a great I had a holiday with my best mate. So I've been away for a week. So for me, I'd had a big injection of sun and everything else. And I don't know. There's something I need to discover, and and that's where this reflecting. So I, I I've carried that foundation on about reflecting. I've kept that bound. You've got to find something that you can do easily to manage your mental health, and that's what sparked on my thought process in the management of mental health. And I've sat here, and it it made me review things I've said. I, I constantly do that anyway. I constantly say, am I giving good advice? Am I you know speaking out of turn? Or, you know, have I divulge too much information about myself um you know am I actually helping people all these questions barrage through my head every time I do a podcast or a tiktok or I feel shit and I go fuck I need to just pull all this in I go to panic mode when I want to just draw everything in and become a recluse and go nobody look at me fuck leave me alone you know so I'm going through that I've been going through that there's times where I've countlessly thought about just deleting my podcast and I haven't got any backups so you know that'd be that um so there, there's all these things that like go through my fucking head, and I go right, delete your TikTok. You don't, you're out there, mate. People are making you know fun of you or whatever. You know, you go into panic mode. And but what I have done is reflected over this last year, and I've and I think I've been I've been relatively progressive. I think I I'm definitely making, and that's me being positive. But last year, like I said, I had gears, I had things in implement, implement sort of implemented in to terms of. Uh, you know, allowing me to that little bit of extra sun, something to look forward to. So I need to engage a bit more with my brain. But what I have done is, I've when I've reflected quite heavily, is I've looked at myself and I've gone, okay, James, you you need to make some changes a little bit here. You need to stop blaming other people. You need to stop. As I said, I I I say constantly, don't pull yourself in. Don't 
do this, don't do that, don't do this, do that, do that, do that. I constantly say these do's and don'ts, and it's a little bit, a little bit, so I suppose the way I've reflected is it sounds a bit patronising. Am I telling you how to look after your mental health? Not really. I suppose I'm giving you tips and tricks on what I work, and maybe it'll work for you. But at the same time, most of the people that will be listening to this will have either a an, an idea that they're in a great place, or they'll have an understanding about mental health, or they'll just basically be in a place where they're shit, but they know they're shit. And most people know when you're in a shit place. So there's no point in denying it. Whether it, you, it gets to the stronger part of the, you know, where it turns into full on depression when, you know, you function daily. Some, you will, you will normally get a sign at some point that says something isn't right. I think what the key part is, is educating ourselves. And that's why I spoke about looking out for the signs. I know that was quite a tough listen to, but the signs are really important because although the management of mental health for everybody is is unique. Like I said, we're all fingerprints. We're all an individual fingerprint. So, of course, what works for me isn't going to work for the next person. However, science and other, all these other little things and, uh, you know, psychiatrists and everyone have all put their little bit in. And some of this comes from their terminology. And I think that's where, like, we have to be a bit more outward thinking. We sometimes need to know, and, and I fully appreciate that, that I know what works for me. And I know that certain things go are contradictory to what I tell you. So, like, don't shut yourself away. Okay. That's really easy to say for somebody who doesn't do it. And it's almost like, you know, it's, it's, it's again, it's that patronising tone. But in actual fact, I shut myself away at the moment because I want to protect myself from other people because I'm one of these people that will say things hurtful. So I kind of do it as a defence mechanism. But I think if you look at it from the other perspective, and this is where mental health is so complex, is you might have somebody that by locking themselves away, they become the recluse and they become like nobody loves them. Whereas in actual fact, I'm quite, I enjoy my own company. So for me, I actually enjoy reflecting and taking time, listening to music like I do here, doing my podcasts or drawing, whatever it may be. I enjoy that time with myself. So at the same time, what I do do though, is as, is, as a caveat to that, is I look for that support, that socialism and that, um, sobriety the friendship and everything from my relationships so whether you're a friend of mine whether you're you know my wife or children I look for the fun aspects in those key people so for me I don't look for it. I don't need to go to a nightclub to or whatever or a bar to go and find it because the people around me are the ones I appreciate I'm at that age where if I bump into someone and meet them it's a it's an unexpected venture for me so I think that's the key part I don't need to go out for that socializing aspect so I don't need to worry about this Whereas I'm at 41, so I like to, I like my own company. But at the same time, if you were a true friend of mine or in a relationship with me or whatever, you would understand that when I go quiet, um, is a little group, or you know, I shut myself away. It's a little bit unusual. Um, but at the same time, the complexity of mental health is. I don't want to hurt the people around me, so I just have to I have to engage with them. So I do the friendship thing where I go, and this is where I think the key element here is if you're a little bit complex like me, um, and I constantly get told by people that, you know, I'm, I'm a very difficult person to read. And I get that, and, and I fully understand that, and, and I quite 
like it because <laughs> I don't like being predictable. Uh, and I, and that's hard as a friend to know and understand me. There'd be me one minute saying, why the fuck haven't you rung me for, for God knows how long? Or, you know, and then on the other hand, you'll ring me and I go, what the fuck are you ringing me for, mate? <laughs> no one rings me, buddy. Uh, it's like, I, I, that's a difficult thing with me. It's, it's, it's all depends on that mood I'm in. And that is hard. So what I tend to do now is I do what um, I think you should do in this situation. And it certainly works for me, makes me feel better. And I hope that it works as a as a as a, a guide for my friends as well my family is i because i'm open and honest now i say right i'm having a bit of a fucking shit time uh, guys you're fucking amazing um you know i sent this out to the, a message to my friends you're absolutely amazing i'm sorry i'm a bit quiet but please bear with me it's nothing against you rah 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 all the good stuff spoke to my wife my children i'm feeling a bit shit at the moment i'm a bit having a bit of a tough time don't want you to sort of modicod me or anything like that. I'm going to carry on doing everything. But if I go a bit quiet, it's just because of X, Y, and Z. And I think that's where the open and honesty comes in. And, you know, I then tend to find that when we're all open and honest like that in the friends and the family groups and my little friendship groups, we tend to support each other a bit more. Um, and it's a, it, that's the management, I think, of mental health. And the importance of it is we are all unique. So... To listen to me and say, oh, what the fuck's he talking about? I'm not saying I do know what I'm talking about. Um, I do to a degree, obviously, because I've, 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 I've learnt about it. But I'm not a fucking psychiatrist by any stretch of the imagination. But what I am is, you know, a sufferer of, uh, you know, PTSD, ADHD, anxiety and depression. And, uh, you know, and I go through this roller coaster of life. And I want to really just truly help people understand that we you know like, the last two weeks have been that fucking awful for me i've contemplated fucking life so many times in this last couple of weeks i've contemplated running away i've i've been happy one day i've had the energy to be happy i've i've fucking absolutely smashed it at work you know in the terms of you know exhausting myself doing a good job to make sure i still perform over my own mental health i've done all of that in this last couple of weeks and it's kind of a bit exhausting. I'm still a bit exhausted right now. But I'm kind. What I am doing is all these key elements that I'm talking about with meditation, reflection, yoga. You know, I keep harping on about these things: eating healthy, you know, drinking plenty of fluids, getting out with nature, being open and honest. Uh, these are all key elements that we should just be doing as natural human beings. And the more you do it, the more positivity you spread, the more positivity you nurture. And also, I think it gives you the ability, or certainly gives me the ability, to be supported and support other people. Um, one of the things you, you'll probably learn or you'll probably hear from anybody that's had depression and been open and honest in their life is... They're overly nice people because they don't want to ever, they don't want anyone to ever experience the lows that they have felt. And that's someone who's, and I'm not saying there's, there's obviously degrees of depression, stress and, uh, you know, and anxiety and, and whether you're in a low mood. I know that everyone has different tolerances to that. So I'm not going to sit here and say what your tolerance aspect will be or what when your trigger point will be or what is what is a high case and what is a low case because we're all again individuals but as we manage our mental health as we progress through it's these key elements that we talk about that give us the foundation to look after ourselves and i think as a contradictory point to this 
when I say don't lock yourself away, I also need to caveat, and this is as this is a learning process for me. You also have to listen to your own body, and I think that if you're an adult or you're an adolescent, um, you know, someone who's sort of progressing into understanding their body and mind. Um, you know, I think it's difficult because I can't really comment on the children aspect of, um, you know, what their mental health is. I mean, only from my experiences with my own children. And I know that young children do feel mental health. It's a lot more difficult with them for them nowadays with what they're exposed to on the Internet. And I talk about this all the time as about being a parent, how it's certainly made my life a lot different as a parent and a lot more difficult to try and manage the mental health of my my children um, and they're all unique in their own rights and although they, they go through the same processes and, and they get to a certain age and then you get the hormones and then you have to deal with that and obviously I've got three three daughters so there's a whirlwind of emotions in my house so you, you learn all the time about mental health but I don't understand the complexities too much apart from I can see from my experience what is causing a lot of these issues. Um, but again, I'm not a psychiatrist or anything to say why or not. So a lot of my things are geared at people who probably have got an understanding about their body. So it, although they work across the whole spectrum, this part here where I'm talking about contradictory is, see, I know what works for me. I know that you know, for a little while, I'll go a bit quiet just while I just reset myself. I reflect. And that's a new thing I've incorporated, which works tirelessly for me. And I'll reflect. I will keep myself upbeat. I will fight as much as I can. Um, and that sometimes means diverting that energy and um, that I would normally give to people. And this is probably an explanation from my point of view, because most people around me know I'm an outgoing person in most when you really get to know me. And I will go and enjoy people's companies and I will, um, you know, I kind of like if I know you and I and I feel comfortable with you, I will go and we'll have a fucking great laugh. If I go quiet and I go quiet for a, a you know, a, a considerable amount of time and I would probably say two weeks is my sort of average at the moment for when I go a bit quiet, when I get a little bit of one of these little episodes, as I'll call them. And what I keep doing is is. Sometimes I have to be a bit selfish. I have to try and say, look, guys, you know, and my friends and my family and everybody, I'm just going to be a bit quiet because I need to focus on work because work for me brings home the, the bacon. It, it, it brings home the bread. So I need to keep functioning at work. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not one of these people that will go sick. I've never, I haven't probably been, well, I think I... I did a statistic and I think I had in the last eight years, I think I'd had like four days off in the last eight or nine years. So I don't have time off. Um, and then I had a little bit when I had COVID, I had three days off in this thing. So that was, so what's that in four, five, six, seven, seven days off in the last eight years. Um, and for me, that's like a record I'm really proud of because I don't like going sick because I focus quite heavily. So I know that I have to perform hard at work because I'm in a stressful job and it's quite high functioning anyway so I concentrate on that and then I concentrate on you know making sure that I just keep myself focused and I keep myself alert and I and the people around me are protected but that does mean I have to draw in some of my enthusiasm I have to say you know I have to prioritize and that's where I'm learning and this is where I talk I probably implement this a little bit into times of risk-based training because I do quite a bit of it 
and I talk about risk all the time, I, I prioritise my workloads now quite heavily, and that's something I never really did. Um, I think that's a really good incorporation to the management of my mental health, is I prioritise people. And that sounds really harsh, but what I mean is, like, for me, you know, obviously my children and my what my wife are the, are the ultimate. They're the, the number one. They're, they're the people that I need to 110% be there for all the time, no matter what. And I'd never put them in my priority list uh, before. Um, you know, when I was going through my mental health journey, they were the least. I was very selfish. But um, I was. it was me, really, and they were probably quite fucking low down. That's how selfish I got. So I prioritise people, and then I prioritise them. And then I don't prioritise individuals before you all think, oh, I wonder where I sit on his friendship not that fucking shallow then I prioritize my friends and I engage with them as a group and I prioritize my family um you know because I know that they're doing their own thing so I talk to them as and when they want so yes I do probably put my friends above my family um because not in a negative sense because I think that my family will always be there and they're enjoying their aspect of life whereas my friends are the ones that are you know ultimately giving me enjoyment in my life every day you know so it's kind of like that's where they sit. So I just make sure that I deliver some sort of feedback to those whilst I'm going quiet. Now, that was a little bit long-winded. I fully appreciate it. But I wanted to give you a, a full explanation of how I manage this. And I think it's really important to try and sort of engage and develop little concepts like this where you talk about certain things. Because there's certain things in life that you need to work. there was this little acronym and I don't I, I don't think I'm going to do it justice but I'm going to try and there was a professor that filled up a jar and he said to the class uh, he filled up the jar with with um with la large rocks and basically said is the jar to the top and he said the, the class said you know is the jar full and he said to the class sorry is the jar full and the class said yes and he went oh okay is it then he pours in tiny pebbles and fills the jar back up again with tidy pebbles is the jar full now in the class say yes and he goes okay and then he gets out a load of sand and pulls a load of sand in he said is the jar full now and then the professor went well yes it is now but at the start he said and he said agreed yes yes it is now um at the start though however you thought the jar was full but that's just the fundamental things in life they're the, 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 you know, the things that fill your life mainly are like your family, your loved ones, your friends. They're the ones that really fill your life. And they're the ones you should be worrying about. And then you've got the little pebbles, the little, you know, memories that you're making and, and all that sort of stuff. And then you've got the sand, which is all the, the trivial things in life that you don't need to worry about. But they make up a full jar. They make up your life. So you have to triage these things. You have to look at your life and go, OK, maybe I'm not feeling great because this is what this is about. This is about the mental health and this is about developing ways of learning. And what you need to do then is function on you. Look at yourself and look at your functionality and go, maybe I'm... And this kind of incorporates a little bit more where I talk about making sure you nurture the right people around you. They should be people that are willing to engage with you. I talk about that concept all the time where I say about, you know, give as much as you get don't give any more, you know, so if you, if, if so, someone's giving you semi-friendship, give them semi-friendship back, you know, because then what you won't do is you're not going to stress about time, you're not going to stress about that person not engaging with you, just engage with them on the level that they're engaging with you. At the same time though, again, and this is how complex mental health is, once you've nurtured those key people around you, 
those ones that you've, you you know that you're engaged with, they're your priority list, um, they're up there, you know, make sure that you, when you engage with them regular or you engage with them at the level that they engage with you, so it's on a fair playing, fair playing field, a level playing field, sorry, fair play, level playing field, that's what I'm looking at. And um, notice when there's a change though. Notice when there's a change. And I think this is one of these things where I constantly talk about the management of mental health in the sense that notice little changes. So once you've nurtured the right people around you and you've got this little fun ball of, uh, you know, support and guidance and and love and, you know, genuine sort of friendship and your family's on point and you're, you know, you're really looking after yourself. Look out for the key changes. Look out for when somebody is a little bit unusual out of character, a little bit lower than normal. That's when the support comes in. That's when you've nurtured the right people around you because they engage with you. They're talking to you. They're developing you. They're along for your journey. They're not just watching you in there sinking, treading water. These fuckers, these good people, the ones that you've nurtured, they're, they're ready with the life ring and they're chucking the life ring with you, you know, or they're scooping you by in the canoe to drag you back in or back in the white water raft because you're having a fucking great time. And it, that's a key part, I think, of mental health. And that's what I've done, you see. This roundabout two weeks of pain that I call it, and it's been horrible. I've been open and honest. I, you know, I spoke to my, my wife last night, and, uh, and I was drinking a few gins. And, um, you know, and again, I was doing what I shouldn't do. I, I you know, drank, drank a bit of alcohol. Didn't affect me in any way, because I'm not that, that doesn't affect me like that. So, um, but it was just, it was nice flavor, to be fair. And um, I was chatting away to her. And um, yeah, I said, I'm sorry, I've just, at the moment, I'm really struggling. I said, you know, part of me wants to fucking run away. Part of me wants to live on my own. I said, part of me wants to take us away to Canada. And I spoke about that. And, you know, she's just, I think, playing the game. Uh, there's so many key elements that she's listening to. And, you know, it must be difficult. Because uh, although I'm trying to be open and honest about myself, because I'm like, fucking hell, I'm struggling. There's... I'm also conscious that I don't want to divulge too much information to overload her, but just enough for her to support. And I think that is what we're learning here. And that's where reflection comes into play. I know that I'm feeling a little heavy set again. I spoke about this, didn't I? I started chundering down fucking food. So I feel heavy set. So I've undone all my hard work. So I'm not, I've stopped. I've literally gone, right, that's it, fucking boom. I've got a cup of tea. I had a, a, a dunker biscuit, fucking boshed it in. That was it back on because I'm feeling like shit and this is what I'm talking about when you manage that mental health you need to look for the signs so do what you need to do do what your body says but make sure you incorporate these little key steps in make sure you do reflect on yourself like I said I've reflected over this has been a long two weeks for me so I've reflected heavily. I've looked back at the last 11 months. We're closing in on almost the anniversary, which is crazy to say, of me doing podcasts, which is just crazy to say. But I'm getting to that point where I'm, I'm looking at myself and have I progressed? And I think I have because I've been doing all these things, although I've had a shit time. I think I've had a justified shit time, but 
I don't think I've had a shit time, not as bad as I've had before. There's a lot of shit there, isn't there? Um, because I've managed it. I'm, I am I have been doing the right things. It's just at the moment with the cost of living and dismal weather and all these other key parts. And, and you know, they, they just don't, they wreak havoc with my fucking emotions at this time of the year. So I have to be conscious of that. But do I think I've come in a better place? I absolutely do. Because I used to get this feeling around about September time. I've got it in November, almost the end of November, we're into December, and I know that I've, I'm more excited about Christmas, you know, we've got the Christmas decorations up, we had a fab evening the other night with the, um, you know, with the family, where we sat there and, uh, you know, cracked open a, a glass of uh, Buck's Fizz, put on the Elf movie, and had a really good time, I actually feel comfortable at Christmas this year. And that's because I've managed my mental health. That's a positive there. You, if, you've, if you've been listening along this journey and you've been doing those things I'm talking about, even if you're not doing all of them, just focus on the key ones that help you. So listening to music, meditation, eating healthy, walking, you know, getting out amongst nature, smiling more, you know, engaging with people more. If you've been doing these things along this journey... I guarantee you'll be in a better place because I, I am. I really am. I truly am. I've gone up and down. Yes, I'm like uh, you know a fucking broken roller coaster at Thorpe Park, but at the same time, everything seems to be kicking in at the right time. So I've managed to, you know, look after, focus on work enough to bring home the bacon, if you so to speak, and I've prioritised just taking a step back from a little bit in the still performing as a father still absolutely cooking and all doing helping around the house and doing all that i've just not been the evening times i've just taken a little bit of a step back away from the you know the the noise the stress i've been you know just sort of chilling out i've been drawing i've been focusing on key improvements for work to make my life a bit easier all these little things i've been doing in my reflection time and it's giving me a better outlook even today you know I was looking at my diary for work next week because I had a quick glimpse on there and it's nice to see that I'm managing my day more more effectively and that's a key part I feel to feel in control of yourself and I think that is one I'm learning as I'm actually taking control of myself and it's a really really rewarding feeling so yeah you can have a hiccup absolutely you can have a hiccup where you will put on a bit of weight you may you know, maybe one of these ones where you lose a little bit of weight because the stress draws the weight off of you. But don't worry about that. We can pull that back in line by acknowledging those little key steps, those little milestones are what we're looking for. And that is acknowledging that if if I continually do these certain things, if I continually go for a walk every day, excuse me, we're at the 35 minute point. My, my I get a bit windy. And, um, we can do these key milestones, and that's what I was talking about. If you get to a key milestone and you say, brilliant, I'm going to make sure that every single day I reflect. So I, as long as I constantly go out for a walk with some music on for an hour every single day, you will feel better. You, I guarantee you will. Because if you keep doing that, and we talk about the learned habit, we talk about the three months. When you do it for three months, it becomes a learned habit. You do it constantly and becomes part of your daily routine. These are all fixed. This is this little triangle of, of, of sort of mental health that we're trying to 
sort of incorporate and that is doing something for three months you know getting these key milestones in and then continuously developing them and it's it when you get to the three months you don't need to worry about that so so I know now I go for a minimum of three walks a day morning dinner and night and I don't feel great when I do it uh, if as I don't feel great when I don't do it so I know I do that every single day it's now become a learned habit for me I've started having my cold showers again so it's it's now becoming I've been doing them now for about two and a half months I think so we're encroaching on and they are harder because it is getting colder but I've been doing them twice a day once in the morning once at night and I really 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 am hell-bent on getting um, an, an ice bath I don't know how to do it because I the last time I did it, I, I don't know whether you've got to put certain um, things in it to stop it, but this is one thing I absolutely want is an ice bath at my in my house. I just it'd be it'd be the fucking bill. I'd love it because if you do eleven minutes a day in the ice bath, it's supposed to be absolutely incredible. So I'm looking, I'm looking. Um, but yeah, so you you need these key milestones, and when you hit the milestones, some things will naturally kick in. You if like so, for instance, I've been doing reflection. And I do reflection all the time. And sometimes when I, I, I ignore messages and I don't speak to people and I shut myself away, I continue to listen to music. I put my uh, ear pods in and I go for a, a walk and I spend an hour just literally reflecting. What I do with that time then is I reflect heavily on my mental health. What have I done wrong today? What have I not done wrong? What have I not done right today? What have I done wrong? Et cetera, et cetera. All the same thing. Those are the same things, but in different categories. Um, what have I done right today and what have I done wrong? That's what you're meant to say, James. And I reflect on those. So I know, right, I didn't talk to the lads this morning. Okay, that's fucking wrong, mate. You know, but however, you're not feeling great because you've had to triage yourself a little bit. You're not quite functioning. You don't want to hear about positivity because it feels makes you feel shit um, because you're not quite in a positive place. And that's where you are negative. So just, you know, put a I call it a, put a holding email on. So you message the guys saying, guys, you're having a bit of a tough time. You know, thanks very much uh, for waiting for me. Normally that does trigger in. And this is where we talk about the nurturing bit. That triggers in another private message back to you saying, dude, I'm here for you, which it did. Uh, dude, I'm here for you if you need someone to talk to. Uh, and I had uh, a couple of lovely messages that were saying to me, fantastic work, mate. We're here for you. Hey, and I had that following every, for about three or four days. Um, and it made me feel amazing because although I was struggling, I was still getting an unexpected message saying, you know, I'm here for you, etc., etc. And that's what we talk about. We're nurturing those key players around us that make sure, OK, we accept you're having a bad time. However, I want you to know I'm here for you. Brilliant. Fabulous. That's 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 the best feeling in the world that instantly mitigates you feeling shit because you've got someone there. And I had this little TikTok I put down and um, I said, be open and honest, talk about mental health. And this guy came on and he went, but what the fuck does talking about mental health do? This doesn't help me in any way, shape or form. And I know that's a difficult one because I talk about being open and honest all the time. Now, if you're, say, for instance, and this is where I actually private messaged the guy, actually, because I felt really bad. And I said, well, I didn't want it to be, I'm not here to come across. This is supposed to be just positivity. So I messaged him saying, hope everything's okay. And he said, well, no, because I talk about my mental health all the time. And I said, well, what's the cause of your mental health? And he was like, well, my finances, I haven't got enough money to feed my kids and everything. I said, right, so your mental health then is structured around your 
your your money so that it, i can't help that because that's not from a trauma that's only can be that can only be helped by you and your family so you need to either cut down spending or look at upskilling yourself to another job and that's he was an american person so i spoke quite candidly and said what your mental health is structured around then is something that you can control you just need to do it and if you're in a rut and you can't do it, then you need to look at selling things. There's no easy way out of finances. And I've discovered that. And that's where, for me, I mean, I, I absolutely buckle. I mean, I'm still crippled from um, my finances because when I was in mental health lockdown, as I call it, and I can use that analogy, not from the pandemic, but from the fucking seven, eight years I was overspending, I put myself in crippling debt and I'm still paying for that now. And that's the fucking bit is when you deal with your mental health for me I'm, I'm managing my mental health and trying to manage it effectively and then you you fucking strive for a new job and you do everything right but you're still crippled by certain things that are long lasting so I'm still crippled by the weather the anxiety the, the this time of year I'm still crippled by the PTSD I get really really fucking bad headaches from the bright lights of cars because when I had the car crashes, they were all at stupid times of the day, early morning, and it was all dark, so there was just lights going off. So when I see lights, it's almost like, um, uh, what's that film? I kind of think of it. Um, I can't think of the fucking film anyway. Um, but there was one where they're, they're having a daydream about someone dying, and they're going along, and it goes, big truck horn going off and lights flashing while they're driving on the wrong side of the lane. That's almost what it's like for me when I drive in the dark. I'm in such hypersensitivity that I notice absolutely everything. So it's almost like, um, uh, you know, it's almost like, uh, you know, sirens going off in my head. So when you're driving and you're looking at cars coming towards you, red lights, indicators, it's just a massive amount of hypersensitivity. And that's what I, I spent so much time on therapy with was because of the hypersensitivity. And they were like, well, just concentrate on your road. I'm like, but you don't understand when I'm going along and I'm going through somewhere, I'm I'm already preempting people pulling out of car park spaces. I'm already preempting people walking across in front of me. If it's at night, I'm getting absolutely overdosed on light from street lights, main beam, side lights, fucking you know what I mean? Those those new lights, those LED lights, they fucking cripple me. So these are all knock on effects that you feel. And then then, you know, and then the finances, I'm still feeling that. And these are all things that some people don't forget that managing your mental health doesn't just incorporate managing it through what ailments it is. So, for instance, your, you know, your your um, PTSD or, excuse me, anxiety, depression, whatever it may be. Um, it's not just managing it through tablets and, and managing through daily, you know, through daily sort of... Um, well, look at I can't think what they're called. Um, mechanisms. So we're calling daily mechanisms, so coping mechanisms. So it's not just that, but it's also managing things like like I had to I had my credit card the other day and, and I literally had to give it away. I said to, to my to my wife, take my credit card off me. They said, because I am fucking severely sad at the moment and all I want to do is spend money on getting that quick fix, that serotonin fix. 
and I had to take it off of her because I, I every year I go, I do this every year and I go fucking bonkers at Christmas, which gets me in a shit for the next year because I want people to feel happy. I'm like, it's a fucking awful time for me. I'm feeling shit. Have loads of fucking presents. Have loads of gifts because I want you to feel happy. Don't feel as sad as I am right now. And these are all little knock-on things that you don't, th- you don't think about. And that's why, you know, I, I, I put this little TikTok out the other day, uh, earlier on and saying, you know, it's not... The strongest people aren't the people that show their strength every day to the world. The strongest people are the ones that fight the wars and win the wars in their own company, on their, by themselves, on their own. They're the ones that are the strongest ones. Because I can guarantee I've had more inward conversations than I've had with anybody that would think that they are close to me. Because I, and that's not a negative sense, because I have literally, I have been over every element of my life. I've done that for the last two weeks. And this is what people don't see, t- tend to realize is mental health is different for everybody. And a lot of mental health comes from finances, a lot of mental health comes from um, lack of friendships and, you know, sort of ostracizing yourself. A lot of uh, mental health comes from family problems. These are all key problems that but we all face different elements of them we all have different structures that affect our mental health and i think that's the most important bit is is understanding that everybody is unique but you effectively have to manage your mental health you have to manage it you have to incorporate certain certain measures certain mitigations that make your mental health better now if you know for instance that that is you know, going over to see a friend, then go and see a fucking friend, knock on the door, have a cup of tea, have a chat or meet up for the pub, actually make the effort. And that's something I need to do. Engage, take a phone call, I need to do that. This is all stuff I need to do. (laughs) All of these key things, start doing them, start reflecting, start looking after yourself, healthy mind, healthy body, they are all really key parts. And when you let them go, it's amazing. And I'm sat here right now talking to you because I've let 90% of that go. I've, I've, been, I've, I've been drinking alcohol. I've been eating unhealthy. I've disengaged from everybody. You know, I've put myself into full protection mode because of how I felt when I did my last podcast. And although it was a very open podcast, I wanted people to understand that we get sideswiped by life and sometimes we don't know how to manage that I certainly don't there's been so many times where my kids have walked in and I've gone I don't know how to deal with this problem I I genuinely don't and and I deal with fucking big health and safety problems and sometimes I've walked through and gone I don't know how to deal with this you know I don't know what you want me to do I mean I got a question the other day should should we give um food to uh, to the girl that come around her house and I was like well yeah but no, but she, she wants to eat it upstairs. She doesn't want to eat it downstairs. And I was like, I, I don't understand that. Why would you want to eat food on your own upstairs? There's so many things that I'm not expected in life. So many things we're sideswiped by. So, you know, you, you, you have to deal with people at work. You have to deal with families. You have to deal with friends. You have to deal with your own children, partners. There's so many key players that we have to be engaged with on a regular basis that can affect our outlook on life. So we need to manage ourselves. We need to make sure we give ourselves time. I've certainly been doing that. I've been giving myself a lot of time lately. And whether that comes across as selfish or not, I don't know. Um, 
I certainly make sure I do all my key appointments and I do my key jobs and I, and I do my key role, roles. I just sometimes like a bit of private time just to reflect, just to engage, get myself back into full spirits so that I can start being that key player in our little group and my friendship and start being the person I want to be. But I have to manage my mental health. You can't just keep driving when fucking all four wheels are popped. Sometimes you have to go in, you know, and you have to put some new rubber on the wheels. And that's what I'm at. That's what the key phase for me is at the moment. And I think that that's why, I mean, I'm so positively talking about mental health in the management of it. Purely because it's so effective. It really is. It, it, if you manage your mental health and you do all the things I've been talking about, whether you incorporate them slowly, whether you just go all in, whatever, however you want to manage it, I wouldn't suggest the latter. I would always do it slowly. But just when you start looking at your friendship groups and start pulling yourself in away from, you know, thinking you're a bigger thing than you actually are, um, and when you actually and I meant that in a good spirit because I mean like actually engaging with the people that want to take time to spend time with you there's no part there's no everyone has different views on on the on the world and I think that if you want to engage and get those and absolutely if that bolsters your spirits then fine buy it but when you look at your little inward circle and you start doing these key parts and you start taking time for yourself and you start looking at education progression um you know whatever you want to do to better your life you start ref you know meditating eating healthy drinking healthy um you know when you start doing all these little key elements they have a really really big impact on your life and for me, that's what this is about. This isn't about, you know, this is about men don't do any of that. And, you know, I was at the shop this morning at 10 o'clock and there was four men in front of me on their own. They looked a little bit ramshackled. They weren't with each other. They were in different places, but they were in, I was in Lidl's and um, one grabbed a bottle of port, one grabbed um, some cheap Stellas and the other one grabbed two slabs of cans. Now, what does that say? You know, men are—they're probably just going to go back home. And I'm maybe—I'm being stereotypical. I don't know, but you know, um, <laughs> if the cat fits sometimes. But my interpretation was they were going to go back and have a drink and just wash the Sunday away. That's fine, absolutely. If you want to do that, but I felt saddened because maybe they do enjoy that, maybe they don't. Maybe they do that to get away from the reality of life. I don't know. It, there's so many key denominators that can make you overthink. But at the same time, if they're happy, they're happy. It's just as long as they're not doing it as a detrimental problem. And this is where I constantly say we need to be open and honest. I spoke to my neighbour and I noticed it actually that he, um, and I'll finish on this actually, I noticed that he's had one of his curtains open for the last three days and that was it the rest of them were closed and I felt a bit sad because I was like well he's not obviously using the rest of the house so I just knocked on his door just said um you know hi buddy just checking in seeing how you're getting on mate hope you're okay um I know it's getting a bit wet outside and stuff and the thing but if you want me to cut the front of his lawn and absolutely I'll do it uh he said no don't worry about it he's fine but um I just want to check in it was a nice thing to do and um I think that that's the key part because we get so knocked back with mental health and I've I've certainly taken some side swipes. Um, I've taken some side swipes at work. Uh, you know, I've taken them at home and, you know, we absolutely try and manage it as best as we can. And it's looking after the, for me, the key part is, you know, I look after the ones that look after me and I've got a very, although my, it was crazy because um, 
my, I was talking about um, I was talking to one of my friends Luke the other day and he jumped on and played uh, Call of Duty with us on Saturday night it was quite funny that I've sold my motorbike to him and we even had a laugh about it sold my motorbike to this guy and literally just got a conversation going and we, we've been chatting ever since um, and yeah he's just a really good lad talking about his dog and he jumped on we we're playing Call of Duty with my friend and his friend and it was a good it was a good time it was it was um, it was it was just random but it's amazing how this is where I talk about, you know, the nurturing the right people around you. And you bring certain people in and you just have a chat. And I think that they, if they're bringing focus to your life, bring positivity to your life, there's no problem with slightly extending that out and getting that extension out, providing it doesn't impact on the people, the you know, the people that were there for you when you really struggled. And they, they're the ones that have always made you feel or, get, or got you to the place where you can go a little bit more forward. So we have to acknowledge that there is certain key players in our life. And I think that, um, you know, you, again, it's just managing them, managing your mental health. And it's, there's nothing negative in that at all. I know that mental health can be perceived as such a negative and it's, hor- it's horrible to talk about. It's horrible to talk. It's hard to talk about. It really is. Because what do you say about positivity? It doesn't sound like you're like, fucking hell, I'm all in, mate. It doesn't. Anything you associate with mental health is negative. And I'm actually trying to change that c- fucking concept, to be honest, because... I think it's important to mental health doesn't have to be a negative. It can be a negative. It is it is a negative, but it doesn't have to be. If we if we do these things first and we engage with the right people, it naturally makes us happy. It naturally perks our endorphins up. It makes us feel special. So when you de- when you do that, you don't this is where I keep saying we don't get to the negative aspect because if we're if we're looking after ourselves through healthy body, healthy mind, healthy eating, meditation, you know, reading, watching positive stuff, you know, if we're doing all of these things, reflecting, listening to music, whatever it may be, but if we're doing it to the best of our abilities, we don't need to manage our mental health because it will do it for us. If you stop giving your fucking company, you know, 70 hours of your time for your 37 hours paid for, that time you've then spent will be spent with the people that you love, the people that you care about, your family, your friends, your loved ones. So you'll naturally feel happier. And that's one of the key parts there. Give yourself the time back to enjoy life. Don't get to 60-odd and then start enjoying life. That's not what we should be doing. We should be focusing on enjoying life through its life. You get one opportunity at this. You don't get fucking two. This isn't like, oh, this isn't the beta version. We're waiting for the full release. This is your opportunity. And this is where I struggle, I think, with my mental health because I constantly see myself, you know, plugging and churning away. I used to, anyway. I used to plug and churn away fucking putting in 50 hours a week. It used to fucking cripple me. And I was always thinking about work and I was always, now I absolutely don't. You get my work at 37 hours and that's it. That's all you're getting. I'm fucking, I'm, the rest of the time will be fucking laptop off, walk the fuck away, spend that time with my family or spend that time making a fucking better future. That's the key element there. You've got to constantly be looking at bettering yourself. That's the got to be the ultimate goal of your mental health is making sure you're bettering yourself. But acknowledging everything that you've done, everything you've been through, don't forget where you've come from. It's always a good reminder to remember where you've come from. That reflection aspect is absolutely critical, I think, to understanding you you as a person. If you, if you look inwardly, I guarantee 
you won't think you're as amazing as you as you think you are on the outside at face value if you actually look inwardly i certainly don't i certainly think i i i judge myself i'm quite self-critical to be fair but um i think i can be better i absolutely do um I'm learning how to be better. That's the key part. I want to learn how to be better, but I acknowledge I, I can be better. I've seen other people be better. I've seen other people be worse. So I've seen, you know, as long as I try to do what I can do at the best of my ability, that is the key element. And so much of us as men just get focused on that, don't we? We just get focused on competition, winning, putting the hours in. I want to succeed. And it's always at the detriment because we're not one of the rich list ones we're not going to be in that category so we have to work so you have to put in as much as you're getting out and I, this is a big key part for me put in what you're getting out if you're not getting out 110 hours a week but you're putting in 110 hours a week, what the fuck are you doing you know and i've learned that the harsh way i learned that this year the, for, the, for the first time i learned that the hard way and now I go, okay, that's it. You, you, you've shown your hand, I will show mine. And I think that's where we constantly look to strive and, and better ourselves. I don't think I'm in the greatest of places with a lot of things. And I'm looking at avenues and ways to change that. And I had this conversation actually with my uh, with my best mate this morning. Then he actually said to me that, you know, we need to work together again in the team because, and, and absolutely I would, absolutely 110% work with him because he's a fucking great worker and, um, you know, we'd have a good fucking laugh. And I think that's the ultimate goal for me is to get back to where, you know, I, I'm closer to home but uh, but have still have the ability to work with my best mate. Uh, that would be a fucking delight because <laughs> it'd be a good laugh. I'm not saying that there's a, a bad laugh in, in my current work but I, I meant it, if I can get him to come into the team uh it'd be absolutely fantastic um so you know I'm, I'm i'm always always important and that's why i get on so well with uh, my other colleague as well uh, which is um which is adam and, and like I say i've worked alongside pilly you know absolutely get on with him like a house on fire and you know obviously the nelstra i've known as well so i've got a really i've got such and I'm, i always mention them because they are all key important parts of my life they all make my life easier and more fun and I, and, and I mean that because easier because I can talk to them. So I offload on a lot of those friends in different concept. They all know different parts about me and I engage with them. And I also I'm actively involved in their life. So that makes me feel better. And I think that's the key part to everything here is just making sure that you manage it effectively. But at the end of the day, there has to be that end goal. That end goal should be your happiness, how you get to be happy. And that's what we're here to do. Um, so thanks very much for listening I, I really appreciate it um, I feel a bit more perkier so um, you know thank you for listening to this journey um, so I'm just pulling my thing up my um, bloody my, 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 back's, my back cushion um, thank you for listening for this we've almost been a year now and I'm looking forward I'm going to do a little Christmas special hopefully with some friends and um, I think that'll be a really good point a really good start for, for year two um, because I've enjoyed this um, I know I've not heard from a lot of you in fact I've heard from hardly any of you so um, hopefully next year will be a bit more engagement on on that side of things um, it's all new to me I'm just trying to learn and bumble my way through and uh, hopefully offer some support and advice to anybody listening to make sure that you're not the only one you 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 aren't I can guarantee that and I don't mean that in a negative way but what that means is by reaching out there is plenty of support out here there's plenty of things plenty of people to listen to 
kick in those key milestones, get them in there, get those reflection walks, engage with your friends, open with your friends, your loved ones. Maybe you're having a strained relationship and it's causing you to have mental health aspects. Be open and honest about your relationship. And you, you might find it, it might take a negative turn in any of those discussions, but at the same time, maybe that that negativity had to happen for you to be happier. I think that's the key part here um, is ultimately trying to be happy um, and getting what you want out of life. So thanks for listening. I look forward to talking to you again this week. And uh, yeah, smash it out the bag. I hope you've had a great weekend and uh, I'll speak to you all soon. Take care.